glad to see all of you this morning here. And it's always good when we come together as brethren and fellowship with one another. Amen. Today we are going to celebrate. Tell your neighbor today we are going to celebrate. Amen. What a way to celebrate when we also celebrate our covenant with the Lord. So we will celebrate our covenant with the Lord and we will also celebrate our building milestone. Amen. And when we celebrate, we celebrate because we know what Jesus has done for us. Were it not for the blood of Jesus, we wouldn't be here today. Amen. Some of you or some of us could have been dead by now. But because of the blood, I'm still here. Can you tell your neighbor, because of the blood, I'm still here. Amen. I like it just to know that by the grace of God, I am what I am today. And I'm still standing because of the blood of Jesus. As we go to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 8, I just want to share within the good news, we'll do it in the good news. As we celebrate the blood of Jesus, we're actually doing in the times of the Israelites, they used to celebrate what is called the Passover. And Jesus is our Passover. We also celebrate our Passover. So what they used to do, they were remembering the time when they were delivered out of Egypt, out of bondage, out of slavery. And uh, for you as a child of God, don't you think sometimes it's good to remember the time you were delivered from your sins? And some of you sing, it was a happy day, happy day, when I was born again. Does somebody have a beat for that one? Do that one and we just remember the day when I was born again. Amen. So that as we celebrate, we remember what Jesus has done for us. Does somebody have the right tune? sometimes even being whipped for not bringing the number of bricks that were needed. And now you are told, today you are free. It was a happy day. Now for us, for you and I, imagine there was a time that the devil could do with you whatever he wanted. He could inflict you with sickness that you could not get healed. He could decide to kill you in an accident. He could decide to do anything he wanted to do with you. But when you got born again, it was a brand new chapter. It was a happy day. Born again. We've got all the reasons to celebrate. Because now I know that God is not at loggerheads with me. I know that I'm reconciled with God. I know that when I depart this earth, I will spend eternity with the Lord. So it was a happy day when we got born again. So we need sometimes to celebrate that. Think of that. That will even make us to be more serious. You know why sometimes in your Christian walk, sometimes you get lukewarm? It's because you forget what you were delivered out of. You forget what you have been delivered into. 
So, but look at this. The Israelites used to celebrate all the time, but Paul says we should also celebrate. Read it, good news, 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 8. Let us celebrate our Passover. Okay. Let's all say, let us celebrate our Passover. Let us celebrate our Passover. Yes, we are going to celebrate our Passover. Mm -hmm. Then, not with bread having the old yeast of sin and wickedness, but with the bread that has no yeast, the bread of purity and truth. So he says, when we celebrate our Passover, you know what they used to do in what we call Pesach or Pasecha, okay, in Easter. We used to, we, people celebrated around Easter. They used to then have, they would have the bread without yeast, okay? And then they would have the fruit of the vine representing the blood. And then the bread without yeast represented, indicated that yeast was always associated with sin. Okay? So the reason why they had to partake bread without yeast was to say we are no longer associated with sin. So if you look at this one here, he says, let us celebrate our Passover then, not with bread having old yeast of sin and wickedness. You see what that yeast represented? But with the bread that has no yeast, the bread of purity and truth, so as we celebrate our freedom, we should also appreciate the fact that we should deny sin. We can't keep on celebrating this and yet being in sin. So if you go to the book of Exodus, chapter 13, verse 3, we'll do it also in the good news. Because Moses said to the Israelites, he wanted them always to remember what was done for them. Remember this day. So that's why we say the day that you got born again, don't forget that day. I remember the day. I was still uh, in standard nine by then, which we call what, grade 11. I grew up as somebody who was always a church goer. Okay? And I thought that I was born again, I was fine. But the encounter I had with the Lord when I was in standard 11, Remember, it was a Sunday. Somebody invited me to his church. And in our church, they used not to preach salvation. So that day when the word was shared, it was so simple, I understood it. I said, I want to accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And I got a double package. The same day that I received Jesus as my Lord and Savior, I also got baptized in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Amen. So I won't forget that day. And since then, I know how to put the enemy under my feet. Because it was a happy day when I got born again. Now look at this. Moses is reminding the Israelites that they should remember this day. Exodus 13.3, good news. Moses said to the people, remember this day, the day on which you left Egypt, the place where you were slaves. This is the day the Lord brought you out, out by his great power, no leavened bread is to be eaten. Oh, you see, every time when he reminds them that you've been delivered, don't forget the day you were delivered, but remember, no leavened bread. You remember the leavened bread indicating that sin nature? He said, let us celebrate therefore our Passover, not with the old bread, with yeast that shows that sinful nature. So here he says, remember this day, the day in which you left Egypt. We didn't leave Egypt, we left the life of sin. Amen? And I'm glad that I'm a child of God today. I sometimes try to think, how would I cope in this world without Jesus? You look around and you look at what's happening around. You find somebody, you have a family. When problems are too many, you kill each other. Okay? But when you have Jesus, you will have that conscience of knowing that I'm a child of God. Even when things are heavy, I know where to go to. Amen? I can call unto the Lord. I like that song that Mkegru was leading us on. Be still and know 
better I am God. So even when things seem to be crumbling apart and you think you are under pressure, be still and know that I am God. He will do it again just now for us. Because I'm saying, even when things, whichever way things are going, don't forget that he is God. The thing that makes us defeated or the things that make us, some of the people even think of ending your life, you think of even killing other people, is because you are not being still before the Lord and know that God is in control. Be still and know that I am God. Be Remember even when Moses, every time when people were faced with challenges, the Lord would tell them, be still. Amen. You remember when the Egyptians were chasing the Israelites? Moses said, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Amen. These Egyptians whom you see today, you will see them no more forever. Amen. So when you are still before the Lord, you start knowing who you are in Christ and you start knowing that it doesn't matter what I'm going through. My God is in charge. And I can see the reason to live. And I can say because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, life is worth a living just because he lives. So he says, remember this day. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 6 to 13. We'll do it now in full. So that when we celebrate the Passover, when we celebrate our Passover, we understand the full context of it. 1 Corinthians 5, 6 to 13, good news. Because this will then just show us that as we celebrate, let's not forget the fact that we have been separated from our sin. We can't celebrate this and still live in sin. Because then we are trampling the blood of, on the blood of Jesus. We are taking for granted the grace of God. Listen to this. 1 Corinthians 5, 6 to 13, good news. It is not right for you to be proud. Okay. So, as simple as that. It's not right for you to be proud. Okay. You know the saying, a little bit of yeast makes the whole batch of dough rise. Yeah, so little yeast, some people say the small foxes are the ones that spoil the vine. So that little yeast, if you just throw a bit of yeast on the dough, it will rise. So if you just leave that bit of sin there, it will be something that the enemy will always use to catch you with. Okay? He knows those small things that you leave there. So he says, continue. You must remove the old yeast of sin so that you will be entirely pure. Yes. It's possible to be pure. You know that people will tell you it's not possible to be pure. You didn't read this verse. It says you must remove the old yeast of sin so that you may be entirely pure. You can live a pure and a holy life. Because as we acknowledge what Jesus has done for us, when he delivered us from our sins, he has made us his righteousness. Continue. Then you will be like a new batch of dough without any yeast, mm. as indeed I know you actually are. For our Passover festival is ready. Oh, you see, it seems when we celebrate this, we should do like a festival. When I grew up, there used to be, we are going to a music festival. So I'm not sure how will we celebrate this one. It seems like when we come to this Passover, we're supposed to celebrate like we are celebrating our Passover festival. Okay? So it means our worship team should really be taking us to another level and we are dancing and celebrating because we are celebrating our first Passover festival. We know why we are celebrating. We know what God has done for us. We know what the blood of Jesus has done for us. We who sometimes were afar off have been brought near by the blood of Jesus. Okay, we're celebrating our Passover festival. Mm -hmm. For our Passover festival is ready, 
Now that Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. So now that our Passover lamb, Jesus, has been sacrificed, we can partake of our festival. Mm -hmm. Let us celebrate, celebrate our Passover lamb, not with bread having the old yeast of sin and wickedness, but with the bread that has no yeast, the bread of purity and truth. Okay. Now he says, as we are celebrating, we must be very careful of sin. Okay. We can celebrate, we can jump with all of you, but if you know that you are still entertaining sin in your life, you need to do something about it. Because you have been set free from that sin. You are no longer a slave of sin. He says we can live a pure life. Continue. In the letter, in the letter that I wrote to you, I told you not to associate with immoral people. Okay. You will see now what Paul will be saying here. He will be very, getting very strict about people who still continue to sin even when they are in the body of Christ. He says, I told you not to associate with immoral people. And I thought that he's talking about people in the world. Listen, continue. Now, I did not mean pagans who are immoral or greedy or are thieves or worship idols. To avoid them, you'll have to get out of the world completely. Mm -hmm. What did you mean, Paul? What I meant was that you should not associate with a person who calls himself a believer, but is immoral or greedy or worship idols or is a slanderer or a drunkard or a thief. Don't even sit down to eat with such a person. So, Paul, this looks like, this sounds hard stuff. Can we all say, Paul, this sounds like a hard stuff. Because he's, he's, he says, let me clarify the point. When I said you mustn't associate with immoral people, I didn't mean people of the world. I meant people who call themselves believers and continue to live like the world. And say, such people, stay away from them. So repeat that part. Repeat it from verse, uh, <coughs> repeat it from verse 9. In the letter that I wrote to you, I told you not to associate with immoral people. You see the issue of that yeast. That yeast. The little yeast that leaveneth the whole dough. Because when people are living sinful lives in the church, it affects the rest of us. The rest of the congregation. You remember there was this time, you remember the nation called AI? I. Two words. AI. You remember that nation? When the Israelites were coming from wherever they were coming from, in their way from Egypt, uh, from Egypt to the promised land, they came, they were defeating a lot of big nations. Now somebody among them took something that he was not supposed to have taken. And that brought sin on the whole nation. And as they were going forward, they were now facing a very small nation, even the name of it is very small, isn't it? AI. I. They say it was a very small nation. And that nation defeated the Israelites. And they were surprised. They said, how can we be defeated by such a small nation? And then the Lord said, because there is sin among you. Somebody among you is harboring sin. Okay? So that's why we should be very careful how we live. Continue. Now, I did not mean pagans who are immoral or greedy or are thieves or worship idols. To avoid them, you'll have to get out of the world completely. What I meant was that you should not associate with a person who calls himself a believer, but is immoral or greedy or worship idols or is a slanderer or a drunkard or a thief. Don't even sit down to eat with such a person. So for this one we're just reading, isn't it? I didn't say that, but I'm saying you see what Paul said, isn't it? So you can see how serious this is, isn't it? Yeah. Sin is not a good thing. What God has done for you when he separated us from our sins, let's be separate. Let's live pure lives that please our God. Continue. After all, it is none of my business to judge outsiders. God will judge them. But should you not judge the members of your own fellowship, 
So he's saying the people out there, I can't judge them. Because in any way, you know that people out there, they sin because that's their nature. You can't go to a person who hasn't accepted Christ and you say, don't do this, don't do this. Because their nature inclines them to sin. Okay? But he says, for those who are inside, can't we talk to you? Can't we shake you up a bit? Continue. The scripture says, remove the evil person from your group. Okay. So now, maybe what we should do for us, can we be gracious a bit with the evil people among us? Can we say, let the evil people repent? We want to continue to associate with you. We can't afford to lose you. Repent. Amen. We can't afford to lose you. Repent. Because here Paul was saying, even remove them away from your group. But I would be a bit more gracious, like what Jesus said. You remember when Jesus gave the parable of the, he says, the owner of the, 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 a certain field, he planted some wheat. And the enemy came during the night and planted some tares. And as they were growing, the laborer said, we see that there are also some tares or some weeds among the wheat. What should we do? Should we go and take out all the weeds, all the tares from among the, the, the wheat? What did the master say? He said, no, leave them. Because perchance you may end up even plucking out even those that could still have made it and now you take them out. Okay? That's why we will never give up on you. Amen? We'll never give up on you, but we'll remind you that you need to be separate from sin. Go to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 26 to 29, NIV. Hebrews 10, 26 to 29, NIV. I want you to see that we need to be separate from sin. And did you know that when you are living a holy life before God, even when you pray, you approach the throne of grace with boldness, isn't it? There's nothing that is always condemning you. Okay? Now, if perchance you have sinned, you ask for forgiveness and you forsake that sin. And God will forgive you. And he will not count that sin anymore against you. But we cannot continue to deliberately live a life of sin and say that I will be forgiven. Amen. Can I give you a simple example? If you want, we're going to read it now in Hebrews chapter 10. If somebody, let's say your child, those of you who have got children at home, if a child is bringing something, maybe a glass to you, and the glass falls and slips, and it breaks, and then the child can say, I'm very much sorry, mommy. And you forget the child, you forgive the child, isn't it? Don't hit the child if the child has asked for forgiveness. And they didn't do it intentionally, okay? Because you also want the Lord to forgive you. But now imagine a child says, Mommy, I'm going to break this glass and I'm going to ask you for forgiveness. How, how would you feel as a mother? Yes, I'm going to break this glass and I'm going to ask you for forgiveness. There are some Christians who do that. Father, I'm going to sin now and I'm going to ask you for forgiveness. It doesn't work that way. Grace was not meant to be abused. Okay? Grace was meant for such time as you've got your good intentions, but you're moving with this glass, and the glass falls and breaks. Okay? You've done something wrong, but you can go boldly to the throne of grace and say, Father, forgive me. Okay? But look at this. In Hebrews, he puts it very nicely in the NIV. Hebrews 10, 26 to 29. If we deliberately keep on sinning. Okay. If we deliberately keep on sinning. You see, there are people who do that. Hmm. You can't be saying you are exercising grace when you are deliberately keeping on sinning. Okay. He says, if we deliberately keep on sinning. After we have received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice for sins is left. Okay. Did you get that? After we have received the truth, we can't deliberately keep on living the life of sin. Continue. 
but only a fearful expectation of judgment and of raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. You see that the fire was meant for the enemies of God. Mm. Mm. The fire the, of hell was meant for the devil and his angels. But every other person who wants to accompany the devil is free to do so. But it was not meant for you. It was not meant for you. Amen. Mm -hmm. Anyone who rejected the law of Moses died without mercy on the testimony of two or three witnesses. How much more severely do you think someone deserves to be punished who has trampled the Son of God underfoot? Who has treated as an unholy thing the blood of the covenant that sanctified them? And who has insulted the spirit of grace? You see, when you are living in sin, being a child of God, Paul says you are actually trampling the blood of Jesus underfoot. Okay? You are treating the blood of Jesus as something unholy. You are like somebody who is insulting the spirit of God. We get that. That's the truth. And he says, when now when we remember our Passover, when we celebrate our Passover festival, we must be away from this list. Okay? And we must really, you see, God is forgiving. As we're speaking this, maybe in your heart you're saying, Father, there is this and this, and I wasn't really right. God loves you. Amen? Intentionally, that's why he's telling this to you. Because he doesn't want you to be left behind. He doesn't want you to be lost and thrown away. So he says, you shouldn't trample the Son of God underfoot. We mustn't treat the blood of Jesus as something that is unholy, because that is the blood of the covenant that sanctified us. We mustn't be like those who insult the spirit of grace. Okay? That's why when we come to partake of the Holy Communion, Paul admonishes us to examine ourselves. Amen. In other words, it's not your neighbor who checks up on you. You check up on yourself. You cannot deceive yourself. You know if you are living right before God or not. You know if you still deliberately live the life of sin. You know that. So listen to this in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 27 to, 20 to 32, New King James Version. 1 Corinthians 11, 27 to 32, New King James Version. It's admonishing us, Paul is admonishing us that as we approach the Holy Communion, as we approach the table of the Holy Communion, we must examine ourselves. Examine yourself. And he says, if we examine ourselves, then we will not be judged, we will not be condemned. It means on your own you do an introspection and say, Lord, that is not the right way to live. Forgive me. So that when we celebrate this festival of our Passover, then you know that your conscience is clear. I think some weeks back we were telling you about the coming of the Lord, that Jesus is coming back, isn't it? He's coming back. Hmm. I once said this to some people, and I still want to say it. I would think that it's better to be thrown away into hell when you were really a bad sinner. Then you're getting what you deserved, isn't it? I think what is not good is when you were a half in and a half out. And the Lord himself says, I do not take those. I will spit you out. I do not tolerate halves. Okay? So rather... You don't even waste your time being in the house. You say, I'm prepared for my lashing. So that's why if you are here and you are listening to this word of God, you need to say, I'm going to make my things right with God. The Lord is seeking for me. And the Lord, do you know that the Lord is not angry with us? He wants to reconcile himself with us. You remember the prodigal son? That son went and abused everything that the father gave and squandered everything with the prostitutes and with riotous living. But when that son decided to come back, did you see how the father quickly wanted to embrace him? 
So that's exactly the same thing. As we're speaking this word, something may be in you saying, but you've been so bad. You've been doing this and this and this. That's why we need the blood of Jesus to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. As long as you are still alive, there's still chance to repent. Amen? Amen? There's still chance to repent. Now listen to this, 1 Corinthians 11, 27 to 32, New King James Version. Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. Okay. It says whoever eats this bread and drinks this cup, so as we are going to partake of the Holy Communion in an unworthy manner, will be guilty of the body and of the blood of the Lord. So what must we do? But let a man examine himself. And so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. So who is examining who? You examine yourself. It's not for us to tell you you can't partake of the Holy Communion. You, uh, you, you do this and this and this. You examine yourself. And when you say, yes, Lord, forgive me. He's faithful and just to forgive you of all unrighteousness and cleanses you. And when God forgives you, he's not like people. You know that there are people who say, I'll forgive you, but I'll never forget. You've heard that statement, isn't it? But do you know that when God forgives you, he forgets? He says, as far as the east is from the west, so far have I removed their transgressions from them. And he says, their lawless deeds and their sins I will remember no more. It means I'll forget. Amen. He forgets your sins when you have asked for forgiveness. Because the blood of Jesus washes away our sins in a way it doesn't cover the sins. You know in the times of old, you probably have heard the word called atonement. Okay? So during the time of the Israelites, the blood, they would slaughter goats and sheep as a symbol of the blood that should be shed to cover sins. So the problem with covering sins is that you put a covering over something but that thing is still there, isn't it? Yeah. When you cover something, it's still there. That's why you will always have a guilty conscience. Because if somebody, you know this thing where some of you, there are people who are holding you on something. They know. I know your scandals. I know what you've done. So you will never be free. And when you are happy and rejoicing and rejoicing, and this person just looks at you like that, then quickly you fold. Because it's not washed away, it's covered. That's what used to happen with the people under the old covenant. But when it's washed away, you see it's frustrating to the enemy. <laughs> you know what the enemy, it's like this. If let's say there was a dot here on this thing, okay, we'll take one of these. Let's say there was a big dot here. Okay? Big thing, stain that has really dated this. Okay? And the devil wants to prove to you that there is that. You should be condemned. You deserve to die. And now, the blood of Jesus washes you. And God says, I want to check. He looks here. He says, where is that sin? The devil says, I know the sin was there. It's, it's, just look at it closely. Look closely. You look closely. The sin is not there. Because the blood of Jesus has washed away my sins. Amen. Amen. So that's the good thing with washing away. You see the word atonement was to cover. But there is a word called remission of sin or washing away our sins. So the blood of Jesus does not cover sins. It washes away our sins. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. It washes whiter than the snow. Now you understand. The blood of Jesus 
washes whiter than the snow. So it means when people say to you, but you used to do this, but you did this, it's washed away. Amen. There is no trace of it. Yeah. Amen. Amen. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he taken away the transgressions from us. So it means I examine myself. Continue. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. So it means when you are given chance to examine yourself and repent, you still don't want to repent, you still don't want to examine yourself, but you still want to partake and celebrate the festival, the Passover festival. He says when you do that, you are actually eating judgment to yourself. Mm -hmm. For this reason, many are weak and sing among you, and many sleep. So he says for this reason, some are sick and weak among you. So he says there are some sicknesses that are coming because some of you are not discerning the Lord's body. He says some of you even sleep or die young. Okay? Because you have eaten judgment on yourself. Is he saying we mustn't partake of the Holy Communion? No. He says let a man examine himself. Okay? It's actually a good time to take stock. Because if we were not having this moment, you would always think all is well when you are actually not living right. But this is the time to examine ourselves. And when you examine yourself, and you ask the Lord to forgive you. He's faithful and just to forgive you of all your sins and cleanse you from your, your all unrighteousness. But you cannot deliberately keep on sinning because in that way you are trampling the blood of Jesus, the Son of God, under your feet. Okay? Continue. For if we will judge ourselves, we will not be judged. Mm. But when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord that we may not be condemned with the world. Amen. So what the Lord does is he gives you a word like this just to shake you up and say, don't associate with sin. Don't allow living among you. Okay? And he says, I'm doing this so that you may not be condemned with the world. I told you that you might be in church and you get condemned with the world. So, But now... A word like this is coming just to say, wake up. You have been redeemed from the life of sin. God wants to fellowship with you. And he wants to forgive us all our sins. And when he forgives us, we must turn away from that sin. And not keep on going back there. Exodus chapter 12. 13 to 14. Because now, I've told you the first part about the yeast, isn't it? We talked enough about the yeast. You understand that. Okay? So it means when we are going to celebrate, the starting point is sin shouldn't be with us. We don't want to be, like, to be defeated by small nations like I. Okay? Because of sin. Okay? You are a child of God. You are more than a conqueror. Okay? You should have victory in your life. But if you entertain sin in your life, you will always be defeated. You won't even have the confidence and the boldness to go before the throne of God. Sometimes you will feel like your prayers are just hitting against the ceiling. Because your heart is condemning you. Okay? But if you ask the Lord to forgive you, he's faithful and just. And when he has forgiven you, now you can enjoy the benefits of the celebration. So we're going to talk about some of those benefits of the celebration. Exodus 12, 13 and 14, New King James Version. I'll take you through some, and you're going to see that actually the life of a Christian, when we celebrate this festival, the Passover, we celebrate our victory. We celebrate our victory. We can live on this earth in victory. We can live without being afraid of the enemy. Don't you know that sometimes when you look at what's happening in the world and you look at how the devil is killing people all over. Sometimes you get scared. But I want to tell you, don't be afraid. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. Just live right before God. And say, I will stay right under the blood of Jesus where the devil can do me no harm. 
No weapon that is fashioned against you shall prosper. Any tongue that raised up against you in judgment will be condemned. For this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. They are righteous necessarily, declares the Lord. Exodus 12, 13 and 14, New King James Version. Now the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. Okay. The blood shall be a sign. So we are also going to partake of the Holy Communion. The blood is a sign. Okay? Mm -hmm. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. Mm. And the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. Mm -hmm. so, so he says, because I've got a covenant with you, when I see the blood, I see that these ones are marked. They are mine. Okay? The enemy cannot destroy them. They belong to me. Okay? The blood, may the blood be a mark on you. May the blood of Jesus make that mark on you. I used to tell some of you when we grew up, our parents, I think Ugogo will tell us better about this thing. Our parents, when they had many chicks, they wanted to know which ones belong to this one. Then they would say, mine, you cut the second, the second one. Okay. So all the ones that were cut the second one belong to this one. So that's what we call to seal. Okay? So it means our grannies knew something. So that's exactly what the Lord has done with his blood. And now I'm like, I'm like that little chick. Marked. And when the destroyer wants to destroy, he looks at me and says, no, this one belongs to Jesus. This one cannot be touched. This one belongs to Jesus. Can you tell your neighbor, this one belongs to Jesus. This one cannot be touched. Amen. Because he says, the blood, when that blood is covering there, I see that this one has got a covenant with the Lord. Mm -hmm. They shall be to you a memorial, mm. and you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. Mm. You shall keep it as a feast by an everlasting ordinance. Amen. So we've got to keep on celebrating this, being reminded that I am sealed by the blood. And read uh, verse 21 to 27 in the King James, Exodus 12. Because he's just showing us, here we are looking at what happened with those people in the old covenant. But it says the blood and whatever happened in the old covenant was just a sign, a prototype of what's happening with us now. Jesus is our Passover lamb. They used to slaughter lambs in those days, but that was just a shadow of things to come. But we are under the new covenant where the blood of Jesus covers us. The blood of Jesus cleanses us from all unrighteousness. But this blood also covers us. I'm marked. I'm sealed. When the destroyer wants to destroy, he mustn't destroy mine. So even when the destroyer, you know, along the roads, the destroyer is destroying, killing people, a lot of things happening. Can we be like these people here where we say, the blood on me. When the destroyer is moving around destroying, he cannot destroy me. Amen. And you've got to keep on saying it. Because Revelation chapter, chapter is 12, 11. Yeah. 12 verse 11 says, they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. Amen. So it means the blood of the lamb has already given you victory, but you need to speak it. Amen. Okay? Because if the blood of the lamb has given you the victory and you keep on saying, I'm so much scared to drive, I think I may just be killed in an accident. You're not matching your testimony with what the blood has done for you. The blood says you are covered. And listen to this, what they did in the old covenant. And we should do the same thing. 21. Then, then Moses called for all the elders of Israel and said to them, Pick out and take lambs for yourselves according to your families and kill the Passover lamb. So for us, we don't need to kill any lamb, isn't it? You know the lamb of God that was slain before the foundations of the earth. So Jesus is our Passover lamb. Amen. 
Can you tell your neighbor, Jesus is our Passover lamb? So it means whatever the blood did for them, the blood of Jesus is even doing it much better for me. If the blood of those sheep could protect them from the destroyer, do you think the blood of Jesus can do less? No. That's why I'm very confident that the enemy cannot destroy me. I stay right under the blood of Jesus where the devil can do me no harm. I'm going to stay right under the blood. I'm going to stay right under the blood. I'm going to stay right under the blood. Where the devil can do me no harm. Don't you think if the devil kills any one of us through accident, he's doing us harm? So I'm going to stay right under the blood of Jesus. Where the devil can do me no harm. Amen. This covenant, we are just enjoying the benefits of the covenant. We didn't write the benefits of the covenant. The master himself, the owner of the covenant, told us that this covenant includes protection. Amen. So listen to this. So they were killing the Passover lamb. So for us, we were told our Passover lamb is Jesus. He has already been slain. So what do you do with that blood? And you shall take a bunch of hyssop, mm -hmm. dip it in the blood mm. that is in the basin, mm. and strike the lintel and the two doorposts with the blood that is in the basin. Yeah. And none of you shall go out of the door of, the hou of his house until morning. Okay, this is another important thing. You know that even if you are a child of God and you keep on going out from under the blood, the enemy can still get you. Because the only thing that identified those people that were not to be destroyed was because you are staying under the covering of the blood. So he says, none of you should go out. Because when you go out, you are no longer covered under the blood. That's why we say, when you are living here, make sure you are dissociating yourself away from sin. Don't keep on going out. Because when you are out there, you are vulnerable. Okay? Because you are no longer under the blood. So the destroyer can get you. So if you want to be confident with your walk with the Lord, make sure you live a holy life before God. Don't get out until morning. Mm -hmm. For the Lord will pass through to strike the Egyptians. Mm -hmm. And when he sees the blood on the lintel and on the two doorposts, Mm. The Lord will pass over the door and mm. not allow the destroyer to come into your houses to strike you. So the Lord will not allow the destroyer to come into your houses to strike you. So it means as I keep my part of the covenant with God, the Lord will not allow the destroyer to strike me. Okay? And that was with mere blood of sheep and goats. How much more the blood of Jesus. If they could have confidence in the blood of sheep and goats, why would you as a child of God be always scared that you may just be hurt by the enemy? Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Fear not. Your master is your defense. He is Jehovah Nisi. The Lord my victory. The Lord my banner. Amen. Continue. And you shall observe this thing as an ordinance for you and your sons forever. Mm. It will come to pass when you come to the land which the Lord will, will give you, just as he promised, that you shall keep this service. And it shall be when your children say to you, Ah. Oh, what do you mean by this service? Mm. Then he shall say, it is the Passover sacrifice of the Lord who passed over the houses of the children of Israel in Egypt when, who, when he struck the Egyptians and delivered our households. So the people bowed their heads and worshipped. Amen. 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 So he says, when you are observing this, do you know that sometimes when you are partaking the Holy Communion and the children are not partaking and they are, you know, they are asking, 
They're just eating among themselves as adults. What is this? What does this mean? Okay? You tell them. So he says, you tell them. This was when the Lord delivered us from the hands of the enemy. So you can actually start ministering already to your child through Holy Communion. You say, what we were partaking, it's a symbol to show that Jesus died for our sins. And he has cleansed us from all our sins. And now we are the children of God. Okay? Because what Jesus has done for us on the cross, you know that it was not the blood, it was not only the blood that was shed. His body was wounded. Those of you who have watched The Passion of Christ, has any of you ever watched The Passion of Christ? I think that one they've tried to really make it like, to really feel it. So the pain that Jesus was feeling when they were whipping him, pulling out his flesh, it was so that I mustn't carry that pain again. Jesus carried my pain. Can we all say Jesus carried my pain? Jesus carried my sin. Jesus carried my sickness. So I won't tolerate those. I won't carry those again. Don't carry sin. Don't carry sickness. I don't carry pain. Amen? But the enemy will try and enforce pain on you. The enemy will try and enforce sickness on you. The enemy would even try and enforce sin on you. But you stand your ground and say, I've been redeemed. Amen? I've been redeemed. Isaiah 53 verse 5, King James Version. Then you will see that this, when Jesus, instead of him only washing away my sins when he was on the cross, when he bled, his body was also wounded for me. He felt the pain for me. That's why when you are feeling a lot of pain in your body, remember the covenant. Remember that Jesus has felt the pain for me. Because Jesus didn't do anything to deserve to feel that pain. He was carrying it for you and I. Amen? So refuse to carry it again. Amen. How many of you pay even after somebody has paid for you? So if you owe something in a furniture shop and somebody goes and pay and they come and give you a receipt, do you pay again? No. You tell them, uh-uh, I can't pay again. Uh-uh, I won't carry this sickness again. Uh-uh, I don't carry these sorrows again. Uh-uh, I don't carry it. Can we all say, uh-uh, I don't carry this sickness again. Uh -uh. Uh -uh. I don't carry this pain again. And just as you are doing it literally like that, you will be surprised pain goes. It goes. That's how some of us get healed. Amen. We declare it and tell it, uh -uh. I can't carry it. Jesus carried my sins. Jesus carried my pain. Jesus carried my sickness. And I cannot carry it again. Amen. Icon. Amen. Chladni. Amen. No ways. Hmm. You need to do that. Because it's your blood covenant right. You know that people of South Africa, those who know the constitution, they will tell you, it's my right. So you have your constitution and you don't know what's in the book. Huh? You are a child of God. The enemy is abusing you when there is a book, when there is a covenant. You need to say, no ways. Look at this. Isaiah 53 verse 5. Listen to it carefully. King James Version. But he was wounded for our transgressions. So when they were whipping him, it was for my transgressions. Mm -hmm. He was bruised for our iniquities. Mm. The chastisement of our peace was upon no, him. No, maybe to, 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 to just cover the thing I was talking about. Can you start it from verse actually start it from verse 1. It's even more nice. We have believed our report mm. and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed. You see these things of God, they work by revelation. Mm. If you have seen the hand of God and you know God, you will not be convinced any other way. Okay? He says, who has believed our report and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? 
So if I've ever seen the hand of God upon my life, I would stand my ground. Continue. For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of a dry ground. Mm. He has no form nor comeliness. Mm. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we shall desire him. So those of you who have watched the Passion, you could see how you couldn't desire his beauty, isn't it? Mm. He had no form or comeliness. So it's like he was mad. Okay? And yet we esteem him smitten and stricken by God and afflicted. But it was for us. Continue. He is despised and rejected of men. So when they were rejecting him, shaking their heads, it was for me and for you. A man of sorrows. A man of sorrows. And whose sorrows were those? Mine. And acquainted with Whose grief was that? Mine. And we hid as it were as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. So we couldn't even look at him. Surely he both he has both surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. So he says, surely, what did he do? He has borne my grief and carried my sorrows. Okay? Yes. So he says, surely he has carried that. I won't carry it again. As we celebrate our Passover lamb, we are reminded that he has carried my sorrows. He has carried, he has borne my griefs. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. We thought that he was just stricken for his own sin. But he was wounded for our transgression. Yo, amen. So when they were doing that, it was for my transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. So he was bruised for my sins. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. Amen. Can we all say with his stripes, we are healed. That's part of our celebration. With his stripes, we are healed. Can we make some noise? With his stripes, we are healed. Amen. Amen. With his stripes, I am healed. Pain, you've got no hold over my body. Sickness, you've got no hold over my body. As I celebrate my covenant with the Lord, I remember what Jesus has done for me. Amen. Can we now celebrate and go and partake of the Holy Communion? Because it's so good to celebrate what God has done for us. That's why, as for me, I do not allow the enemy to keep on inflicting me with sickness. He will try and attack, but I tell him who I am. By the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony, I overcome him. I know what Jesus has already done for me, but I have to speak it. Some of you wonder why I keep on speaking these things. I'm making my own testimony. Mm. And it works for me because I'm speaking it. And if you are just quiet and you don't speak, that's not how we defeat the enemy. Because it says they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimonies. So you've got to speak, child of God. You've got to speak what you believe. You remember the Bible says, my tongue is a pen of a ready writer. It says, my heart is overflowing with a good word. Isaiah 45, 1. My, ta- my, my heart is overflowing with a good word. And my tongue is a pen of a ready writer. It's Psalms 45, 1, isn't it? Is Isaiah or is it Psalms? Yeah, Psalms 45, 1. Okay? So it means, if my heart is overflowing with a good word, then my tongue will write my destiny. Amen? As we celebrate our covenant with the Lord, as we celebrate our Passover, we speak. That's why when I say, by the stripes of the Lord Jesus, I'm healed. I'm confirming what God has already done for me. He was wounded for my transgressions. He was bruised for my iniquities. Chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we were healed. You can get ready with your team for to help us partake of the Holy Communion because we are ready to celebrate. Amen. Amen.
We are ready to celebrate. We know that we cannot entertain the yeast. That's why we partake it without yeast. Just to remind us that away from sin. Okay? But as we celebrate, we know what Jesus has done for us on the cross. We know that this blood has cleansed us from all unrighteousness. We are children of God. There is therefore now no condemnation in those that are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. So you can only be free from that law of sin and death when you are under the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Because the law of sin and death is ruling all over the world. But you need to be under the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus to be free from that law of sin and death. And even as we partake of the Holy Communion, you remember what Jesus has done for you in that he was wounded for our transgressions. So that you don't have to pay to, to carry that sin. You don't have to carry that sickness. You don't have to carry that pain. You don't have to carry that sorrow. Amen. And we are going to celebrate. Amen. I told you that's how some of us get healed. And it works. Can I tell you it works? Amen. I'm a witness. Amen. And do I have some witnesses here? Amen. Amen. It works. Amen. I've tasted it and I know it works. And I'll keep on using it. That's how I get healed. That's how I get protected. That's why if I tell you I'm going to Limpopo, <laughs> I don't tell you, oh, we ne we never know. Maybe I'm going to Limpopo and then now in the N1 I don't come back. I haven't seen such scriptures. I don't talk those things. The enemy wants you to talk like that because he knows you can only overcome him by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. So you, the word of your testimony must link up with the word of God. Don't speak your own things. Okay? Speak the word. Okay, in the conference that I attended with Bome last week, I was one of the guest speakers. So one of the speakers there said something. He said, did you know that pain does not have a mouth? It doesn't speak. But when you are feeling pain, you speak for it. He said, why are you speaking for pain? So it means the pain hits you, and now you speak it out. He says, no, don't do that. You see, speak what you believe, and that pain will be trying to speak to you, but you're not going to amplify its word. Amen. You speak the word. By the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. By the stripes of the Lord Jesus, I'm healed. Do you know that sometimes we keep on confessing sickness because we want people to feel pity for us? Mm. So in our home, we have agreed. I love my wife too much. I love Bome too much. But she knows she doesn't get sympathy by speaking sickness. Mm. I will love her in any other way. <laughs> but you don't get sympathy by speaking sickness. I love you even without sickness. So why do I have to prove that I love you uh, because of you talking weak and sick and all that now? If you want attention, just get attention without being sick. Amen? Because we cannot nurse sickness. We cannot nurse sickness. Sickness is dangerous. Well, may we do it like that, Philip. You know I love you very much. Man. But, we don't, but we don't nurse sickness. Amen? Because sickness is the enemy. Yeah. So speak the word. Speak what you believe in. It doesn't mean because then you may be thinking, if I speak like this, maybe my husband will really not think that I'm really sick. He won't really know the pain that I'm feeling. And you want the devil even to make it more serious that you get sick leave. <laughs> you know that sometimes people, you want to be a bit sick so that you can use sick leave. Ah. You exchange your health for sick leave? Mm -mm. There's enough leave days. Can you tell your neighbor there's enough annual leave days? I don't need sick leave. Amen. Because you see, the enemy will keep on putting you into a corner of nursing sickness. 
bit by bit, he's getting you into a corner. He's getting you into a corner. And when he hits hard, then you are defenseless because you have been naturing sickness. So let's not do that. He was wounded for our transgressions. 1 Corinthians 11, 23 to 26. New King James Version, for I have received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. So he says, I'm sharing with you what the Lord did. On the night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. You remember it says, this day shall be a memorial unto you. Keep on remembering this. So, we remember that the, the body of Jesus was broken for us. I'm going to pray. You can stand up. I'm going to pray and sanctify this bread to represent the body of Jesus that was broken for us. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, as we celebrate our Passover this day, I sanctify this bread to represent the body of Jesus that was broken for us. So that as we partake of this bread, we remember what Jesus has done for us, that he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. As we partake of this, we receive our healing in all its fullness. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So you may be seated. There will be breaking the bread and sharing the bread with us. And uh, worship team, I'm not sure how do we accommodate you. That you also partake the Holy Communion, but you keep on leading us. And I think we can do all the blood of Jesus. 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 Okay, maybe let's do it this way. When we were talking, before you partake, we talked about examining yourself. So can I give us a chance to examine ourselves? Okay? I'm giving you a chance. So we're going to take about two minutes. You examine yourself. If there's nothing in your heart that says, this is not right, this is not right, you just praise God for the two minutes. But if there are things that your heart says, this is not right, this is not right, you ask God to forgive you. So that when you partake of the Holy Communion, you do not eat and drink judgment on yourself. Can we do that? So let's stand up. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you.